Welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos. Here with Jeff Rappaport. And today is going to be the second part of our episode on uh, a deal that uh, uh, Jeff has under contract with one of our listeners. uh, That's Lance from San Antonio, Texas. So Lance called in and uh, he he ran a deal by us. It was a triplex and we made an episode out of that. So uh, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to that. Um, Lance is a guy that gets creative financing. He may not understand um, quite yet how to how to do it correctly. And uh, he's been getting some coaching from Jeff um, just by working on these deals, but he's doing it. He's out there. He's making these offers. And the, the most important part is, is he's thinking creatively uh, about how to structure financing on these. Um, so, I mean, it just comes with practice, right? Uh, so we're going to um, set the stage again, Jeff. Um, this was an eightplex that you guys have under contract in San Antonio, Texas. They're all one-bedroom units. Um, do you want to just briefly run us through the numbers real quick? And then uh, on our last episode, we went into the offers that Lance came up with. Jeff said, hey, just come up with uh, four offers, and Lance did that. And uh, now what we're doing is we're going to run through Jeff's offers, and he's going to um, kind of show us where the corrections were made. And um, again, kudos to you, Lance, for for doing that because just by doing it, you are strides strides ahead of you know everyone out there that is that's just learning this because you're practicing it, right? Yep. So take it away, Jeff. Um, So if you remember, this is Nate Flex. We looked at both the current and performa type numbers. We are looking at an NOI of actual about 18,263 and a performa of uh, 20,100 about. So... and the interesting part of this particular deal is that the, the expenses are just super high with this particular property, which, you know, to be honest, to, to be able to buy an aplex that's bringing in over $4,000 a month in the $300,000 range intrigues me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to know more. Um, uh, I mean, that same aplex in some of the markets that we work in uh, would be over a million dollars. Um, yes. So, uh, uh, or close to it, even with that, you know, uh, 4000 First of all, it wouldn't be a $4,000 a month income. But if it was, I mean, that same property would be probably seven seven hundred and fifty thousand. So, twice as much. So... But the numbers are kind of interesting here because they don't quite 
make a lot of sense. So we're going to go through that and I'll show you why I did what I did um, and what the plan is going forward here. Okay. okay. All right. So if you remember, um, we talked about Lance had made some offers and his interest rate and his payment were just too high as compared to what the NOI is. So that, there was just no room for debt service. Yeah. Okay. So but let's take, um, so he offered, I think it was 350, 37.5 down 6.5%. 1975 principal and interest for six years. So what I did is I changed that and we came up with a purchase price of three and a quarter with $30,000 down, 3% interest. And the reason that we had to use such a low interest rate in this case is that we got to keep that payment down. There's not that much NOI to go around. Yeah. Um, I still don't know that even 3% will work in terms of like a wholesale deal just because the spread, the cash flow isn't very good. And here's what you need to do to figure that out. So if you just take 20,000, the, the NOI, the Performa NOI, um, and you divide it by 12, you have 1674. Okay. Okay. So, we're looking at just principal and interest payment on this because um, taxes and insurance are all in our expenses that we're already taking out of this. Okay. Okay. So we have sixteen seventy four. So now, if you look at how this is, uh, we have a three twenty five with a down payment of thirty thousand. We have a principal balance of two ninety five. Okay. At 3%, and we're going to amortize it over 30 years, even though, you know, I told you commercials typically amortized over 25. The reason is we got to keep our payment down. Low. Okay? Yeah. If we're amortizing it over a lower period of months, the payment's going to go up. We yeah. don't want a higher payment. Okay. So, whoops. So we're going to come up with a $1,243 a month payment. So that's about a $400 a month cash flow. To me, a $400 a month cash flow on an Aplex isn't super good. No. Right? You can get that on a single family. Yeah. However, a $400 a month cash flow on a $300,000 property isn't bad. So. There's something going on here. What we want to do is get in the door and get a little more information, see if we can figure it out. And if we have to go back and renegotiate something, then we will. But okay. so I'm just thinking at this point, all right, what is going to make some kind of sense? Um, because I don't want to, if I throw out these really ridiculous numbers, we're not going to get accepted. I'm never going to find out truly what's going on here. Yeah. I don't want to throw out these numbers where they're so totally blatant. I'm not going to be able to come close to what I'm offering. If he accepts the seller accepts one of the offers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So but by going with this, so we would have a balloon payment of 255 over the course of six years. Okay. Uh -huh. So it's not having a huge amount of pay down. Um, I mean, it's 
$40,000, but it's over six years. Good interest rate. You're not getting that interest rate anywhere else. But the cash flow is not that great. No. And really what it comes down to is it's because the NOI isn't great. Like yeah. Those expenses those are, are just so high. high. Yeah. Okay. So then we'll do... Uh, uh, so the seller carryback, the subordination, um, is similar to what Lance had. Is that I also offered? Um, so I offered three forty-five. He offered three forty-nine. Not a big difference there. We both offered seventy thousand dollars down. So keep this in mind. First of all, when when we say seventy thousand dollars down. I'm not putting $70,000 down and I'm not expecting, if I'm wholesaling it, I'm not expecting my buyer to put $70,000 down. Yeah, you're gonna... They can go borrow that money okay, yeah. from a private individual. And I know everyone, well, I don't have money. I, who would lend on that? Okay. Trust me on this. To go get a seventy thousand dollar loan on a property that's worth three fifty, four hundred thousand, three and a quarter, somewhere in there, twenty percent ish loan to value, where you're going to pay them six, seven, eight percent interest in first position is not a hard find. Yeah, uh, it's very easy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go to Aria and announce. First come, first serve. Who wants to make 7% on a first position loan at 20% loan to value? See if anyone responds to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you've got to take into account what that payment's going to be because that's going to be an added payment. Yeah. So I'm always going to look at, hey, what's worst case scenario? Could could I possibly find someone that would lend at 5 or 6%? Yeah, maybe. But can I find someone that... We'll take 8%, I'm pretty sure, all day long. So at 8%, interest only, because this loan's not going to get paid down. Okay? We're just going to make interest payments on it. That's going to be, you would just figure it out as simple interest. So 70,000 okay. times 0.08 is going to equal 5,600. Divided by 12, that would be your monthly payment of 466 and 66 cents cash. Okay. okay. So now we still have a note that we've got to give to the seller for 275,000. Okay. So what I'm going to do is when I'm doing this kind of subordination, I need this still, um, we're, we're offering a pretty good price. If we do like a shorter term on this second note, where are we going to get our principal pay down? Where are we going to gain some equity in this property? Because we're not getting it on that first, no. right? Yeah, you got to have more principal pay down with the second. Right. So either we've got to extend out the term. Yeah. Or we're going to have to make it like principal only payment. And in this case, let's just figure this out for a second. If we did 275000 that's the principal balance, just at 4%, even over 30 years, our payment's $1,312, okay? Plus the 466. 
So we're at almost 1800 Can we afford that? Uh, no. We cannot afford that Mm-mm. in terms of the NOI. It's too tight. Remember, even on the first example, our payment was like 1247 That made us $400, which isn't super, super good. No. So we, we don't want to exceed that, right? Right. So what I basically did is just said, all right, we're going to pay you $1,000 a month principal-only payments. Okay. Is that great on that money? Not really. But I can't really figure out a way to make these numbers work based on what I have right now. Yeah. Okay. So at least then we can offer it on a fairly shorter term. So we could do like 36 months or a 48 month. So it's not getting you know super long. This seller can get the, the balance of his equity. Uh-huh. He's still getting $1,000 a month. What if we look back at the supposed NOI um, uh, that this seller was getting? He claimed his NOI was twenty-two seven forty-six, which yeah, he uh, wasn't uh, including some of the expenses that we were. Yeah, um, but that's like almost nineteen hundred dollars a month. So I personally don't believe that necessarily um yeah and you certainly couldn't run your numbers off of that yeah so he's getting a thousand but he's also getting seventy thousand up front um does this offer fly i don't know but i know i can't make this offer without reducing that payment. yeah i mean it doesn't help me if i offer him 1300 and he takes it and i can't make this work yeah um so I want that principal pay down because I think we're offering more than what we need to be on this particular property. So at least we're going to gain $36,000 of pay down over three years. So we're going to have a balloon of like 239. Now remember, we still got to pay off that 70. So we're, we're still going to be at 309 after three years. That might not be something that some of you want uh, I typically want to be under that 80% loan to value at the time of the balloon um, to make refinancing yeah easy. so the, the, there's no more money that needs to come to the table yeah now I'm not really sure what this property is actually worth um, I would think it could be worth like four four and a quarter um, in which case, we would be fine. Yeah. Um, we, we'd have we'd be there. So, but that's my goal is that I, I want whoever to be under that eighty percent loan to value at the time of the balloon. Yeah. Okay. So that would be the seller subordination kind of deal, and the reason that I had to do that is because otherwise the numbers just don't work. Um, there's no cash flow, whether it's you buying it. I mean, if you're buying it and you're putting, even though you may not be putting down any money in this scenario, you still have to pay. I mean, you still want to make money. So there's got to be a cash flow and there's got to be, hey, an exit strategy at the end of the term. How do I get out of this? Right. Okay. Okay. Then I came up with two more offers. And I think I said before on that short term financing offer that there may not be an actual reason to to 
make this offer because there might not be as much of a value add. So you can only increase the rent so much, so you're only going to increase the value so much. I think I'd probably rethink that a little bit, and here's why. So let's say that I'm buying this, and in this particular case, I'm offering 291, okay? With $30,000 down, 10%. Yeah. Okay? I'm going to be at 261. Okay. Okay? If I make this offer for 12 months, okay, and I, I just make the payment for 12 months, I'm on title, I'm, I easily can go do just a refinance, um, even a cash out refinance at the end of 12 months. If this property is worth 380, 360, 400, am I at 80%? If you're at three. Loan to value. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I owe 261 minus right. 12 payments. Yeah. Easily, right? Yeah. No problem. So I'm not going to have to put any more money down. Yeah, out of pocket. So I'm literally buying this and potentially I could pull this money back out even or a portion of it. Yeah. So there is a reason to make this offer at this price point because I can get in kind of light and then I can refinance and have little to no money left in the property. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, sometimes you start thinking about one thing only and you've got to keep in mind some of the different reasons why you'd want to do something. So what I came up with is I'm just going to give them 4% amortized over 30 years. That's going to be that 1246, very similar to the, the first option. The difference here is it's only for 12 months. Um, and to be honest, if he asked for a little more money up front, we could probably swing it because the terms are good. The price is good. The um, the refinance should be easy. Um, yeah. So it probably wouldn't be a big deal. Um, the balloon payment would be like 256 403 on a property that easily could be worth 360 to four and a quarter, somewhere in there. So um, pretty simple, straightforward, just like our cash offer, a little higher. Just have to wait on it Short for 12 term. months. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, our cash offer. So Lance made a cash offer. I think it was 285. Mine came in a little lower, 281. And I always like to make it not like an even number. So mine was 281, 240. Um, and the reason for that is I want them to think that I thought this through, that there's a reason why it's yeah, and you did some calculations. Yeah, I mean, it, it could even be two forty-seven and forty-eight cents if you wanted to. <laughs> um, and when we make our cash offer, we're, you know, there's no commissions. It's as is. Um, there's potentially no closing costs too. Okay, so we presented all these offers, right? Uh -huh. The seller said, "Free and clear. I'm willing to to look at." Um, Owner finance. I'm looking. I'm willing to look at terms. Okay. So we put together. I can't remember. Uh, there's probably four different options because this is free and clear. 
And he came back and he's like, um, yeah, I don't want owner finance. I want to do 1031 exchange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he said, will you do 300? And I told Lance, I'm like, I don't know that we can really go even much higher than 284. Okay. But he, the seller was willing to split the difference right away and be at 290. So we took it. Okay. Okay. So what we're doing right this second is we're marketing the property. Okay. Because value wise, I mean, uh, if we're selling this for three, I think it's 315 right now, something like that. Um, 315 to get, you know, $4,200 a month income is interesting yeah yeah so if someone wants it at this price great well we'll just wholesale it and we'll be done right now we're starting to gather the leases the trailing 12 we'll do some inspections and we're also gaining feedback from our buyers so we've had some interest at the price that that we're trying to wholesale it at and now we're also starting to get some feedback saying hey we need it at a lower price Either way, we'll either just get it done right away and make our money and be done, or now we'll have some feedback that we can go back to the seller with as we've walked through the yeah. apartment, seeing what kind of condition they're in. And renegotiate. Know. Correct. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't want to, what I don't want to do is I don't want to make an offer that's like so crazy. I know there's no way I can fulfill it just so I can go back and renegotiate it. I'm making an offer what I think is in the realm. Feasible. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's are, feasible. Are, are these numbers a little tight? Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, but now give me a reason to, that, you know, if a buyer wants it, we'll get it done for the seller. That's what our main goal is. If that's not the case, then what we'll do is we'll go back and we'll say, look, based on what we found, you know, on your expenses, on... Uh, the repair costs on, you know, rents for this area, whatever. Um, this is what we could do. Yeah, and it's the legitimate concerns. Yeah, so um, that's how the deal. That that's literally how we've analyzed it. How I've looked at it. What Lance did. What I then did, and what we're probably still going to have to do. Okay. So, and hopefully within <clears throat> the next two weeks, we'll have a. Actually, probably within the next week, we'll have an idea. Do we have an interested buyer where we're at or do we have to go back and try to renegotiate? Cool. Cool. And if you do have to renegotiate, you're going to have you're going to have proof there. These are legitimate concerns that come up and this is why we need a price reduction. Yeah. Well, you know, remember, we're making these offers, you know, sort of blind um i mean i had no idea what kind of condition the property's in i have no idea a lot about the neighborhood um uh i've, I've seen a picture i've seen a few pictures i can tell um they don't look in bad shape but it looks like the roof will probably need some work in the next three four years uh-huh so hey I, i'm going to count that as you know, that's going to be a capital expense that's going to have to be dealt with here. Um, it's an area where it's probably like a C-plus neighborhood, but there is rejuvenation moving in that direction. So 
it's in a good path of progress. Okay. Um, so uh, that's good because in three to five years, you're probably not getting this property at the same price. price. It's probably going to yeah, be worth the same discount. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So do you think, um, is there enough money in this deal for you guys to raise the capital and do a turnaround? No, no, not, not for me. Um, uh, one is I don't want to own rental properties literally like all in like 10, 12, 15 different markets. Um, and if I'm going to, it's not going to be an eight plex. It's going to be an 80 unit. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> with these, if we are going to buy it, it's because it's just like that college station deal. It's because, um, it makes most sense to buy it, fix whatever the problem is and then resell it. Um, but almost always my, my goal would be is if we can wholesale it, let's wholesale it. Yeah. Um, unless it's like some super, you know, if we could increase the value by, you know, $150,000 by, you know, doing $50,000 of work and fixing, it, you know. Yeah, then it becomes worth it. <clears throat> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What we probably should do at some point, and I'm sure there'll be some newer examples, is that how we then determine the new value of the property. Okay. So um, just to kind of recap the lessons learned. So what Lance did is he, his interest rate was too high and his payments were too high, especially for what the actual NOI is, right? Yeah. So do you remember, and we've done this a number of times, how we kind of work backwards and we take out all the expenses and we see what amount of money is left. That's what the NOI is. What the net is. Yeah. 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 So that's what you've got to work with now. Yeah. So if you're offering more in debt service than what's even coming in, there's no cash flow. Right. And that you know, now there's a negative cash flow. So that's what you want to keep track of is um, otherwise you're just kind of picking numbers randomly. Yeah. So give us an idea, Jeff, on, on a property like this. You don't, you live in Utah. You don't, I don't know if you've been to San Antonio, but I never uh, have. Okay. So <clears throat> what, what kind of research do you do from here, from Utah? Now, I know so, you got you got Lance there that yeah. can actually go take pictures of the property and, and do the walkthrough, but what do you do from here? Okay, so one of the first things that I'll do is <clears throat> I'll Google like the zip code of where the property is. So I want to get a feel for you know what, what kind of area it is. Um, I remember a couple of years ago someone brought me like ten duplexes in Memphis uh, that I could buy for a. 300,000 total. Uh-huh. Um, and then I Googled the zip code and I'm like, ah, that's why. <laughs> it's uh, a war zone? Yeah. Um, so I, I Googled the zip code always. Um, and then what I'm trying to do is um, get an idea of what values are. So I don't know exact values for this property, but I've looked at some comps and I'll look at comps a little differently, especially on, you know, if this was a duplex or a fourplex, maybe we could find something similar that we could compare. But if it's a triplex, like the the first example that we did, or a fiveplex or an eightplex or, you know, tenplex, it gets harder to find any comparables. 
So what I'm looking for are comparables with similar incomes. Um, either similar incomes like gross incomes or similar net operating incomes. So I can compare what price did those sell for. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do. So Lance actually pulled me some comps that I could look at in terms of that. So I could get an idea of value. Is, is Lance an agent down there? He is not. Okay. But he, he has an agent that he can yeah. get comps yeah. from. So I asked him, hey, pull whatever you can you know, within a mile. And he did. Um, so that's giving me a little better idea. I asked him a little bit about the neighborhood. Um, I asked him to make sure that we get the T12, the, um, uh, the leases, and, um, and he would also do the walkthrough. He's also driven by it. So, uh -huh. um, it, and you know, we saw a picture of it and I'm like, can't tell if that's like a shadow or something, but you know, something looked funky with the roof. And after he drove by it, he's like, I, I, the roof looks like it's okay, but it looks like it's going to need some work in a few years. So, um, all of that information now, if I was going to buy it, you know, now I, I would take it even a couple of steps further. But since we're just going to wholesale it, um, so we have buyers here and in various parts of the country. So we'll send it out to our group, which we did. And sometimes we find people that, hey, you know, we can't get deals like that where we live. So yeah. we would look at that. He also has some buyers, so he's reached out to his, and um, and then we'll just see where we're we're at. So, yeah. but that's probably enough. You know, if this was something funky, we'd probably need to call the planning and zoning. Is it zoned for this and that? Um, it's you know, it is a legal eightplex, so we're, we're not worried about that kind of stuff. So, Do you know what going cap rates are in the area? For yeah, probably around um, six. Six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, if you can flip it on a cap rate, you know. Yeah. Buy, buy it on a buy it on an eight, sell it for a six. That might not be, that might not be a bad deal. Yeah. Well, my my thinking is is that um, if we have to, and we have to go try to renegotiate. And get it down, you know, another fifteen thousand, twenty thousand um, dollars, and able to sell it for, let's say, the two ninety that we're into it for. I think that probably makes sense. Um, I mean, personally, I, depending on you know what kind of work it may need. Um, now, what he said is that he replaced tile and cabinets in all the units recently so perhaps it's just more of uh, the roof um, so um, maybe we can go and just negotiate that we need that expense yeah yeah, yeah. have any of you guys talked to uh, property managers in the area or, no. or um, uh, other but commercial that, but brokers? that would certainly be you know um, some of the other research I would do is you know, rent-o-meter um, looking yeah. at what the rents are for those types of units in that area. Uh, I may want to talk to some property managers both about rents and about value 
yeah. know, based on what kind of income and or NOI, um, or even potentially about why the expenses are so high. Now, Texas has a high tax rate, so that's always going to be a, an issue that you're just going to have to deal with. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, it's not, it's pretty high for the price point of this, but it's not super high that, um, it, it's really, you know, uh, mixing all of the, I mean, our college station taxes were much higher than yeah. this one. So, yeah. Well, cool. Um, that's, that's great information. I hope you guys uh, can get some value out of, uh, these last two episodes, um, uh, between what Lance did and, and what Jeff did here uh, to structure some offers um, and, and be creative with it. Uh, in the end, you got it uh, at 290 cash under contract yeah, right now. Yeah, 290 and some change, yeah. Okay. And uh, so your goal right now is just to wholesale it? Yep. Cool. Well, you're going to have to keep us up to date on that. Um, I'll definitely ask you um, down the road or next couple episodes uh what you were able to do with it, and uh, and if you are able to renegotiate it. Now, did you find out if this guy has uh, another property lined up, or um, is he is he a pretty um, I don't experienced investor? I have no idea. Because um, maybe he should be aware that you know he has to at least target a property forty five days out. Yeah, but my experience has been is um, if they need that help then they'll ask for it. Um, I, I'm certainly not going to get involved in all that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I understand that. Yeah. Just if sometimes sellers think that a 1031 is a no-brainer, but if you're in a market where it's hard to find uh, a property, um, yeah. then, then you know they might actually consider seller financing if they're not going to do a 1031. Well, and if we have to go back and renegotiate that, uh, we may have to have a little different conversation because you know, he may not want to drop the price another 15, 20, 25,000, um, but we might be able to focus in on some different some financing structuring terms. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, guys, once again, this is like a prime example of how we can work with you um, both on the podcast and how Jeff can work with you off the podcast. So uh, this, is, this has been a great opportunity for Lance, I think, because he's able to um, get the education he needs, the direction he needs from you, Jeff, and if you guys get this thing sold, be able to make money at the same time. It doesn't get better than that, right? I like, agree. I like am. it's a win-win-win scenario for everyone involved, for the seller, they're moving the property. For Lance, he's learning, and he's able to make money while doing so, and you're able to make a little money um, in a different market you don't even work in. I think he would tell you that um, if we move this and we get paid, that would be the bonus. Um, obviously, that would be lovely. But um, just the uh, working on a couple, three deals together and going through how to structure, I think that um, he would tell you that that's been worth it in itself. Yeah, absolutely, because that will help him time and time again yep. in the future. Yep. Cool. All right, guys. Hey, if you want to work with us, um, you want to work with Jeff one-on-one -on -one with a deal, um, you guys got questions, comments, uh, a scenario that you're looking at, uh, feel free to reach us on our hotline. That's 877-409-8000. 
9-0, again, 877-409-8090 or thecreativefinancingpodcast.com. Any last words? Working on getting uh, some special guest speakers on. Hopefully we'll have that set up here in the next week. Um, all people that many of you will know and you know uh, have great insight on creative financing. Right on. Okay, guys, till next time, create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.